get started. ¿Qué onda, rinconeros? Yo soy Gabriel Adame, coming to you from Houston, Texas. Uh, welcome to Los Rincones. I am joined once again here with Ana Sofía Piña, Ana Sofía Piña, desde la Ciudad de México. Hola, ¿cómo están? Gilberto Obregón, from Monterrey, Nuevo León. What's up, what's up? And Jessica Rivera, from Dallas, Texas. Hey guys, how's it going? Y'all, so I'm so excited to be here with you and have been super excited for this episode. You know, let's let's chill for a bit. Let's uh, turn down the music, you know, turn down the lights and let's get deep and talk about <laughs> And I know, I know my co-hosts have been dreading to talk about, you know, their amorcitos and whatnot. Because I mentioned that we would be talking about heartbreak last episode. But what I also want to talk about is what comes after heartbreak. What comes with losing a loved one and losing a friendship? And, you know, heartbreak isn't just, you know, a romantic one. It can also be, like I said, a friendship, um, you know, losing losing a loved one. That can be heartbreak. There's so many definitions to heartbreak. But as Latinos, how do we talk about our feelings instead of bottling them up? And how do we start to talk about mental health? Something that not many Latinos talk about. So I'm going to start with my little story about heartbreak and when I think about heartbreak I think about this story and this story you know it's been in my head for as long as I can remember it's not my story but I feel hurt from it and so my mom's side of the family is large they have like nine full-blooded siblings and six half-siblings so yeah it's a it's a pretty big family and one of the smaller siblings one of my tias, um, she was always a good kid. She helped her parents. She kept God in her heart. She loved as much as she could. And she's honestly one of my role models for sure. Uh, someone I look up to. And so the story begins with her and her little ranchito, you know, the small pueblos in Mexico. And you get the gist. It was a small little ranchito and there was this guy. And well, long story short, the guy la enamora. And you know, they fall in love and whatnot, right? And it was her first crush, her first love, first everything. They were so in love. I mean, I've seen their love letters, their pictures, everything. And from that love, two of my cousins grew, uh, were born out of that. And the thing is, my grandparents didn't want her to marry that dude. It was like the old time. So, you know, like, if you don't listen to your parents, you basically get disowned. Disown, and especially like in like little little pueblos, I see, you know, you always listen to your parents. But anyways, so they get married and, you know, my tío se la tuvo que robar, you know. And um, for those who don't know what that means, like he kind of had, they kind of had to like elope. And like, it was a small pueblo, but like spread around a large area of land. So they kind of had their own house, like on the other side of the pueblo. But, you know, after that, my grandparents didn't speak to my tia for years because of that, because they, they didn't agree with that. Anyways, so they were super duper in love, right? And my tia has told me, like, when she talks about it, you know, I, I can feel the love that she talks about. Like, it, sometimes when you talk to a person, they, they're super passionate. And I can feel, like, the passion that she had for, for um, my tia. Well, one day when my tia's pregnant with my second cousin, she's at home and it was late at night. And I think um, the story is that her husband was like with a few of his friends and they were drinking and he wasn't drunk. He, he was good. But one of them was really drunk. 
and he had a gun because everyone carries guns around. And long story short, like they were shooting and somehow the guy shot my my uncle. And you know, he, he dies from that he from that wound. And so and she was pregnant with my with one of my younger cousins and so, you know, that's how she lost the love of her life. And like that was her first everything, you know, her first love her her first superman mode and everything and you know she's told me this before and it's stuck in my head and she was like gabriel en tu vida no más hay un amor you know love like this is only once in a lifetime so you know it's always just stuck in my head and that's basically what my story of heartbreak and and losing a loved one is it's it's just always been something in my head um i don't know if you guys have anything similar to that or if that was just super deep <laughs> well so- I actually was going to ask you guys to mention it. How, do you believe that that there's only like one do you guys believe that there's only like one love in a lifetime or that one person that you truly love and then the rest are just kind of like yes you love them but they're not like the first person? Well, I think you go Jessica. Yeah. I feel like there's somebody like you truly are deeply in love and then there's other people that you love or you learn to love. You know what I mean? Like you can have, like you can love your friends, you can love your family, and then there's that one person that you truly deeply love. Mm. What about you? What do you think? Mm, I don't know. That question makes me sad. <laughs> I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, I've I've felt in love um, like three times. They were all different. I don't know different relationships and different loves i guess but i i i was a hundred percent sure that i was in love madly in love every time <laughs> so i don't know oh I, i mean i don't know i i my last official i guess was like years ago like i don't even count it, it was in high school so i don't even count it like i so i don't know about this love thing i'm new to this love thing <laughs> what about you game no. I don't know. I always think about this and, you know, I've been in a relationship for almost three years now. So I like being with Emmanuel, that's my, my partner. You know, I truly, truly, truly believe that I will not ever in my life find someone that loves me the way that he does. Like the love that I have for him is pure. I just don't think in your life you get multiple We've talked about this before. I don't think in your life you get multiple. I mean, you'll get multiple people you love, but to truly, truly love someone, I think you only get one actual true love in your life. Right? For me, Emmanuel is my true love. Ooh, that sounds so corny. Ooh, Aww. Next You're like cute. <laughs> Aww. But but have you ever been like in another relationship? Yeah. Yes, I have, oh. and. <laughs> Even, like, then I thought I was in love, but, like, I was in high school, and, like, seeing the difference in this relationship from that relationship, like, I was like, whoa, that was kid love back there, but I feel like this is love, love, you know? So how long until you told him you loved him? Oh, it was a good while. It was, like, four, five months to the relationship. How about y'all? Like, how long does it... I know it's different with every person, but like I'm asking, you had you said that you've had like 
past relationships? Like, how has it been? Well, with the first one, it was in high school as well. We were like super young and stupid. <laughs> so I guess we we said I love you like even before being an official couple. <laughs> and then, and then with the other one, I think we never we never said it, but I I thought I felt it. I just I don't know. I was waiting for him to say it and he never did. <laughs> and then with the with my actual boyfriend. <laughs> It's not funny. It's just I'm, I'm laughing because I feel bad for myself. <laughs> and then with my actual boyfriend, I think it was like three months after we started like officially dating that he said it, and I, I said it back. Aww. <laughs> 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 But um, how about, like, the story that I told you? Like, have, like, heartbreak-wise, have y'all felt something like that or know that someone's felt heartbreak like that? Well, I think I think we all have felt heartbroken at a certain point. Maybe not by the same kind of love. For example, I've, well, I have had a lot of, I've had a lot of heartbreaks, especially with friends. But how I so? don't, huh? Like, how so have you had so many heartbreaks with your friends, like, uh, friendships well, that you've lost? Yeah. Well, it was, I, 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 I don't even blame them. I think it was, it was me. I was the one who, who chose my friends uh, based on what I thought was important. And mm. it was back in, back, back when I was in, in high school. I don't know. It, 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 it might sound cliche, but I wanted to belong. And I was part of, of like this, like the cool kids of the school, and and that felt good until I realized that those people were like empty and that they would never do anything for me unless there was there was something in it for them. And I remember at that time, I used to have a boyfriend. I think it it was between well in Mexico we call it high school, but it if I translated it to the the U.S. system, it would be between middle school and high school. I was like 14, 14 years old. And uh, I had a boyfriend, and one of my best friends used to be his friend as well. I think they they became like super close uh, as we were dating. And one time I found out that uh, she would send him photos of her wearing like super short dresses or skirts. And she would ask him, he he would she would ask him for his his opinion, like, uh, which one do you think is better or whatever. And I know he didn't, he wasn't looking for it. I mean, he he was so naive that he actually thought she was she wanted him to to choose or to give an opinion. Mm-hmm. But that really broke my heart. I mean, it was like a shock. And oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> And then years later, after after we actually broke up, we didn't break up for that. But uh, when we broke up, another friend from the same group of people started dating him. And that also broke my heart because I knew she was not a real friend, of course. And she she actually asked me for permission, but they were already dating. And I knew, like, my response didn't even really matter because she didn't really care about me. You know, <laughs> yeah. 
and and yeah it was like super hard well i know i i don't wanna well i think later uh, i will say how i how i overcome that but i want to know another I know, story bro, i would have fought them immediately on the spot <laughs> <laughs> about no, you uh Gilberto or jess um, kind of heartbreak. Go ahead, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I can't relate to y'all's like kind of stories. I guess I could talk about like a family story. About five years ago, my grandma was diagnosed with stage three cancer. Next month will be exactly five years. So me and my grandma have always been super close, and so just hearing the news, like, hey, like some of your loved one is diagnosed with cancer. I was just like in shock. I I remember just like breaking down and crying. Like I just remember my dad telling me, "Do not cry in front of her. You have to be the strong one for her." And I was just like, "How do how do you just like not cry in front of that person?" You know. And so we could fast forward to time. Like the story gets happier. Like my grandma did get better, but just um, seeing the whole process, like her realizing that she she got cancer then having the surgery to remove the tumor, then going through recovery from the surgery, then going to chemo, going to radiation, and then going to follow-up appointments. Up to this date, she still has follow-up appointments. And it's, like, scary to think that that moment we could have lost her because they found it in time for the, the that same week. They, they diagnosed her with cancer. We got into surgery on that Friday. So Monday, she went to the doctor. Friday, she had surgery. And then I think two weeks afterwards, she started chemo. And the whole process, I don't know if anybody has related to that, like having a loved one going through cancer, like the whole process is just like, it, it's, it's like, it takes a village because everyone is there to help. Our family, you best believe we were all taking turns at the hospital. Like it took a toll on our whole family. Like everybody was like physically and mentally, we were drained and up to like, I don't know how to explain it, but my family just took that whole situation like, wow, we, we could have lost somebody. And I think it's the fear of losing that person that is more scary than the actual heartbreak. Oh, but, yeah. It's, yeah, it, like with situations like that with cancer, like, yeah, it definitely takes your whole family, like being together. That's that's what your grandma really needed. And mm -hmm. wow, yeah. Yeah, like our family has always just been close to each other I don't know if it's because it's just my grandma and her kids and her grandkids so it's we're not as big though we're we're pretty small the the family that lives in the United States because the rest of my family they really didn't know until a year later so she didn't really have the support from them she only had the support from us that lived nearby uh, are y'all's families like that like are y'all close that you feel like you could tell anything for me, it was actually the same way. Uh, my mom had cancer. Like, she was diagnosed with cancer when I was, like, eight. And so, <clears throat> like, that first... Well, I was actually seven because the first summer, she didn't want us to... It was, like, early May when we found out. And she didn't want us to, like, me and my sister to see her go through it. So she sent us to live in Mexico for the summer with my aunt. They didn't know what was going on. They were just like, "Oh, well, she's just like letting them visit for the for the um for the summer," and so like 
The only people that knew were uh, one of my tias who lives like right across the street from us. Like they were there, and like my dad and my my cousins. But they were, like my mom was like, "You're you can't don't tell anyone else. Like don't tell our like extended family from back home, like back in Mexico." But like for us, it was the same way. We had to um, to be really like we. We were really close. I remember everyone being really close and helping my mom and like trying to be there for her. My mom is like a very strong person. So, you know, she never saw, she never let us see her like break down. And so she, I mean, she was good. She, but she had a, a relapse like a little after. So, you know, we had to go through it again. And then Whenever I was 15, she went through it again. And by then, it, my sister had moved out and my parents had split up. So it was just me and my mom at home. And so, like, it, it was kind of, like, more of my responsibility of trying to take care of my mom. So, but, like, my family was still there for us. So, yeah, I, I get, I understand what you're saying. Like, I think it's, like, the Latin, I think it's, like, Latino families are usually very close like that like also very private so do you think like that affects like our mental health of being prideful because being latinos we're very prideful so we just want to keep our private life private it stays like como dicen que pasa en la casa se queda en la casa yeah definitely i i really do feel like at like we're very we're very prideful um i don't are we in the ethnicity race we're very prideful people. <laughs> we're one of those. <laughs> yeah, we're very prideful people. Yeah, what do y'all think? What do you think, Gilberto? Yeah, I think the especially. Well, I can speak for more for like Mexicans. I think it's kind of like what Jessica was saying, like lo que pasa en la casa se, cause queda en la casa. But it's more of like, I think more than prideful, we're judgmental, and that's why we don't like we're taught to like not say this or not express your feelings because you know back in the day they judge you for anything i mean now of course nowadays you're still you're going to be judged regardless but i think our parents grew up with that mentality of no que va a pensar la gente no que no piense mal la gente when in reality it's like you know whatever the people are going to talk regardless like that's how i see you and i think my dad has I got that mentality more from my dad because my dad, of course he cares. You know, of course everybody cares. And you don't want to just be out there like putting a bad image on not only yourself, but your family. But it's like, you know, you can do so good and people are still going to talk. So at the end of the day, it's like whatever, you know, whatever they say, as long as you feel good and as long as you expressing your feelings. and I mean, at least that's how that's how I was raised as to where like. So and even how do you though I, well, I, I was going to say, I am a, like, I think I am a prideful person in a way. If I really care, I'm a, I could be a prideful person. But at, but at the same time, it was, I was, you know, raised to, from both of my parents, to where, like, man, just express your feelings, like, no matter what. like. But, like, with us being so prideful, like, with Latinos being so prideful and so private and not being able to share, like, how do we express our feelings? How how do we cope? Like, the way that you were saying, Anna, like, how did you cope with your, like, feelings like that, like, with the heartbreak? Well, it was very hard for me because I was, like, I was a, a child. Well, I was, like, 14, 15, and I was, like, super young. 
and everything was like it all came to me at the same time like i broke i broke up with him and i also broke up with with my friends who were my friends like since we were i don't know kindergarten and then my my parents uh got divorced so it was it was pretty hard for me and i went through depression and i was always super sad and i feel super long, lonely and as you said i i would worry all the time about what people thought about me and that was hard because it's it's i, I think it's a difficult age and it's a it's um yeah it's a culture in which we always tend to hide our feelings or pretend we are we are okay and not let people judge yeah well be, because we're we are like protecting ourselves from from society from what we what will they say and i remember i talked to my mom and she told me that i needed to go to therapy and i did but i was super insecure and i worried about everything that the therapist like even what the therapist would think about me because she was very young so i saw her as like an equal and i was like no i i don't want to tell her that i drink because she's gonna judge me you know and i never I, i i was never honest with her and she could never help help me she she never told me what i needed to hear because i was never honest but then i entered high school and i because it was like a, a different school from middle school and there i met like great people and i realized there were some good and kind people out there and they they showed me what real friendship was and they really cared about me and and what happened to me and i remember i i well as my parents got divorced my mom was feeling bad as well and i tried to like instead of telling my mom because she sent me to a therapist and i like i i knew it didn't work so i would tell my dad and i remember it was super hard for me to tell him because i i i used to tell him that i was that i was not happy and i uh, that that was the feeling i remember i used to go to school and then come back home and then just go to sleep for like the whole afternoon and then i i woke up and then i ate something and then went back to sleep and i remember i would wake up in the morning and i didn't want to get out of bed but i had to because i i had to go to the school and it was super hard for me to tell my dad what i was feeling because i know i knew it would well i knew it i, I mean it did it broke his, his heart and he i mean it was hard for me to to talk to him about it because i knew it was hurting him as much as it, as it was hurting me but i don't know if it was because he's a man and we live in a culture in which men tend to i don't know if they hide their feelings or they don't feel as much as as, as women do i mean he he's been through a lot and he I, i've never seen him like down or i've never seen him like depressed and he would try to help me and he would try to, to like to tell me or encourage me to um, i don't know to be happy i guess and he would do a lot of things to to make me happy but that was when i realized what was really important in life 
I mean, he would give me like we would go on a trip or we would yeah, like we would travel or or he would I don't know buy things, and I didn't even care like it didn't even change. I I, I remember I, we went to Orlando or Orlando or Disney. I don't know how to call it, and. I was depressed, like during the trip, and I I felt super guilty because I knew my dad was making an effort to to make me happier. But it wasn't until I realized what was really important, like not anything that has to do with with money or or material things, but actual love, and not only from family, but also from from people out there, like friends. And it wasn't until until I found that friends when I when I actually got my happiness and my self confidence back. I know you're gonna make me cry. (laughs) 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 No, but yeah, like with men, like Latino men, I feel like it's so much harder to for for well not for me but like for like straight latino men like i feel like our parents teach us to be very manly very uh very private very like don't show your emotion don't cry don't don't be like a girl like even i've i've even had like family members like i've had my mom be like hey uh actua como hombrecito like no llores or like whenever i was younger you know like what about you gilberto do you feel like that or i've I don't feel it for, like I said, like my parents, I think they did a good job on letting us express our feelings, but definitely, I've definitely heard that quote that you said before, los hombres no lloran, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, you know, if it hurts, you're going to cry, like whatever it is, whether you're a girl or a boy, but I definitely do see it in like the Latino community. I see it a lot in minorities, not only Latino, but as well as like the African-American community where, you know, you're taught as a man, like, hey, men up, don't, don't show feelings. Don't, like Jessica said earlier, you know, have your guards up and don't show feelings. And we want a unbeatable Superman image. But when in reality, like in the inside, it's like everything's crumbling down. That At least that's what I see, you know, other people, the way other people were raised. And it's like, you know, it's not supposed to be like that, like, I think you should you should be able to express your feelings. Of course, there's gonna be people that are more reserved and that are more less uncomfortable. But whoever you're comfortable with, I think you should just express your feelings no matter what. Because even like for example, even this talk that we having, I think it's good for us to you know just let it out. Like you're talking, you're conversating for somebody else to listen. I think it's you know it's good for the body, it's good for the the brain. Like it's you know it's a it's a healthy choice overall. Like it's better than keeping it in and trying to put this image up front to where like, oh, nothing hurts me, nothing this, nothing that. Like, nah, just let it out. You know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to say that you need a hug. But yeah. <laughs> so like that, that to me sounds like like what you went through, Anna. That sounds like loneliness. Like, is that what you would define as feeling lonely? Like, did you feel lonely? Yeah, I, I I felt super lonely, especially because like I don't know, like I knew I had my family and I knew like my parents have always been like super loving and and yeah, they've always been like close. But I don't know, I, I felt that, that I needed something else. Uh, but like how about like I know you as Latinos were like 
shown to be close to our family, but I know you've moved to, I mean, you're from Mexico, but you moved to España and you moved to, to up here to, to Dallas. Like that's a different kind of loneliness to me. Cause I, I feel like I've experienced that. And to me, that was homesickness. How did you feel homesickness when you had to move away? I definitely did. And I, I think like my first semester in, in Spain, it was, it was hard because I, I didn't even, I, I wasn't aware that I was feeling lonely because I, I used to go out every, I don't know, like four days out of, out of seven of the week, you know, <laughs> I, I was like in this, I don't know, in this mental state of, I, I need a party every day. <laughs> And Not it was <laughs> it was it was crazy, and everything happened so quickly that I then I realized that I was doing things like super wrong, and a lot of things happened to me. <laughs> I had to learn from my mistakes. But now that I that you mention it, I'm thinking maybe I was trying to like to avoid feeling homesick, but that was my that was my body telling me if you don't party you're gonna feel sad because you're because you're not with your family you know and I remember the first Christmas I didn't come back to Mexico and I went to I went to my aunt who well her her family her her how do you say uh, familia politica or that the family of her marriage yeah the in-laws yeah. Uh, yeah the in-laws yeah sorry her in-laws lived in in France So I, I went to France to, to celebrate Christmas there and I was super homesick. I like, I would cry every night. I was super sad and I, I really needed my family and I don't know, like it was hard, but they like, they tell me like my, my, my dad gave me the, the chance to, to come back whenever I wanted to. Like he told me if you're not happy, if you're, if you are feeling like super homesick and if you want to be with us you can come back like it doesn't matter you, you can you can restart your your major here or whatever you want and i was like no i i'm i'm a grown up i need to <laughs> i need to i don't know how to say come on um, like experience like grow up like make your own decisions yeah i i was i i thought like feeling homesick and and wanted to to come back home was like Baby i lost the, yeah like i yeah. lost the battle you know like i'm trying to i'm trying to fly out of the nest and and live a grown-up's life and i cannot i cannot let myself yeah feel homesick what about you uh gilberto i i know you're from um monterey like and you moved away sure. yeah like how was that you know i think it's It was good that I that I moved at a young age. I was seven when I came. So, of course, I had my friends over there. But um, I'll never forget the story that on, I mean, just how they do it here. I don't know if you guys, in elementary, you you have a, a party the last day of school. Mm -hmm. Well, in Mexico, it was our, it was my last day of second grade. No, my last day of first grade. And it was my brother's last day of second grade. So we went to the same school, of course, and the way they did it in my school was like, kind of like on the last day where like you have classroom parties, everybody brings food, but outside gangs, there's different kinds of stuff. 
And I didn't really, I didn't, I guess I was just, just, you know, too young to realize like, oh, that's my last day, you know, going to school in Mexico. Like, this is it. I'm not going to see these people like next year. Like I'm, after this, I'm gone, you know? And so I went to my brother's classroom and my brother was having a party and my mom was there taking pictures or something. And I saw my brother cry, like my older brother, but like, I guess he kind of, he was a year, he's a year older than me. So I don't know if that year made a difference, but he kind of grasped what was going on. And when I saw him cry, it, it made me cry. And now it's like him crying, I'm crying. And now my mom's tearing up because it's like, I'm asking him, like, oh, why, why are you crying? And he's like, man, I'm not going to see them no more. And then it hit me where it's like, okay, like I'm done seeing these people forever. Like, and you know, to this day I have, that was the last day I saw him. Like, so it was like that, it hit me over there when I was in Mexico. And when I came here, it was just like, oh, you know, I guess it's time to make new friends. And I don't think I've ever struggled with that. Like I'm a pretty <laughs> friendly person. So it's like, for me, it was like, not a huge deal. And of course I wasn't homesick because I had my, both of my parents here, both of my brothers. So I wasn't like feeling homesick or anything. What I, what I did miss was like, you know, of course you miss your family at first and then you kind of just get used to it. But other than that, like I felt that over there where it was like, okay, like I'm not going to have any friends. I'm not going to, this, you know, I thought I was going to grow and be with them forever but now it's like, it didn't really, I, I guess, yeah, I wasn't really ever homesick. But of course, because I wasn't in Anna's situation, you know, I had my parents. And of course, I was too young to kind of comp comprehend that. But what about Mexico? Mexico, Like the country? What about it? Like, do I miss it? Did you miss Or, it back then? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still do to this day. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, especially when I, I think I miss it more when, Uh, my cousins come from Mexico. They visit us all the time. They visit like once or twice a year. And then they leave or I'll see pictures and it's like, dang, of course I miss it. But it's more of like, you know, in reality, like I've, my, I've lived more than half of my life here. I've made my life here. And people ask me, like, oh, would you move back? And I think the only reason I would move back is to work over there. Like if, if somehow I was to get a job over there and... I don't know, Televisa or whatever, you know, the dream job that I have over there, then I would do it. But to move back or to, you know, just live there just because, I don't think I will. But of course you miss it, you know, because it's, it's your country. And I think what I miss the most is the food. Because there's mm -hmm. nothing like <laughs> Mexican food from Mexico, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Jess? Have you ever, um, ever experienced, like, homesickness like that? or a type of loneliness like that? Well, whenever I transferred to UNT, I actually moved to Denton. So mm -hmm. Dallas and Denton really isn't that far. It's probably like a 45-minute drive. But I would come every single weekend back home, mainly to do laundry, but to see my mom too. And it didn't hit me until like I was like halfway to my apartment. And I was like, dang, I miss my mom. Like, me and my mom were super close. Like, basically, como chicle. Like, we'll do everything together. And so, like, having that whole week, learning how to adult, learning how to do all that by myself, I was just like, I miss my mom. Like, I really was like, oh, my gosh. Like, And then I would call her almost every single night. And I was, I was just like, 
y'all like i'm like the biggest baby i'm such a mama's girl like I'm actually really... homes homes bit, like after this because of y'all <laughs> <laughs> we need like some caldos and <laughs> Um, so with that being said, why do y'all think it's important to talk about mental health? And also, why is it important to talk about mental health with our parents? I mean, I think, like I said earlier, I think it's important just because it's like the healthier decision. I don't know if that's the word, the health, the healthier. I don't know if that's the actual word I want to use. But, you know, it can prevent, like, other things. Like, you know, it can prevent, like, of course, depression, anxiety, and all of that. And maybe, I, I don't know if I'm saying it just because I'm so, like, now nah, I don't want to call it good, but I don't mind expressing myself, whether it's good or bad. Like, I'll tell, you know, the person, like, what I actually feel. Like, so it's like I've never had trouble expressing myself. So I'll, I don't really hold stuff in, but I know there's a lot of people that do. And it's just like, I think at the end of the day, it's better to let it out. And, you know, people are going to judge you regardless, whether you tell them what they want to hear or whether you tell them what they don't want to hear. They're going to judge you regardless. And if you're feeling some type of way, it's, you know, just I think is if your parents can help you. It's good to seek help either from like friends or your siblings or something. I just think it's the best thing to do. Like, just let it all out. You know, I don't know if I if that expressed myself well, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, like sometimes you just need that ugly cry to just get out to feel better. <laughs> for, um, for me, I like definitely think it's important to talk about mental health with our parents. Um, for me personally, because I read this thing once and I like really related to it and like us being minorities, you know, most of us come from, you know, poor families right and so I don't think my parents specifically uh, I don't think they they had the money or like my grandparents didn't have the money to teach them to worry about their mental health too like I think there were other problems than like maybe depression they'd be like no you're just sad like you know you'll get over it like just get over it and like now like we can actually talk about it and be like you know depression is an actual thing we you know there's there's like medication for it and like you know therapy and stuff what do y'all think about that yeah I agree especially because when you're young your parents might think that your problems are not as big or like yeah like they underestimate your problems or the things you worry about but it it doesn't matter I, I well in my opinion it doesn't matter how big your problem is what 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 matters is what how it makes you feel and sometimes people worry too much or get inside, get anxious about things that other people might not even care about but it doesn't matter because it affects you and only you know what you're what you're going through so i think it's it's very important to to express it and to yeah to try to um, i don't know get help in in any way I started to go to therapy again, like right now. And not because I feel depressed, but just because I think it's important to... to Keep let, up with your mental illness. Yeah, exactly. I think it's important to, to work on, your, on yourself and your mental health. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter if, you're, if, you are, if you feel good. Because it's like, I think uh, mental health is something that you have to work on every day. 
on a daily basis. Basis, you know. In at UNT, at, at every university, there's a there's a counselor, there's a person you can talk to, and I don't think they'll they'll um come to this. Get the cover I I just forgot the word. They they won't charge. Yeah. Yeah. They they don't charge you. They they are there for you. So there are ways to to work on your health, well, mental health, without even worrying about money. Is there like any other advice that y'all would give to viewers that are going through a tough time right now? I would think what whatever you're going through right now, if you you can go over that it just makes you a stronger person like if you you think this is like your rock bottom then you can you can get over it not just like over it, I see like it's not simple it's gonna take a long time but you will you'll be a stronger person then once you reach out to more people and you talk to more people you will feel better because I know having friends having teachers having other adults to talk to it helped me feel better and maybe that's not your thing maybe you just need to find something that that is you because at the end of the day the only person that's going to be beating yourself beating yourself up is you because you know your weaknesses and you know your strengths like you you know yourself the best so you have to find something that works for you maybe it's not the same like Ana Sofia getting therapy maybe what you need is something completely different than that and just figuring yourself out because overall life you're you're figuring it out as you go what about uh you Gilberto? do you have any short advice that you give to someone just um like jessica said man when you when you've hit i guess rock bottom you know the way i see when i'm feeling kind of sad or you know the only way you can go is up like you've touched rock bottom you can only go up and you know if you are feeling lonely if you are feeling I don't know if you feel like you have depression, you have you're depressed, or you know even if you're feeling like suicide or something, there's always help. I know the suicide hotline I have right here. It's eight zero zero two seven three eight two five five. So you know I feel like I don't want nobody that's listening to this, you know, thinking that this world's better without them because it's not. And if you do happen to do something like that, like you know, you're only passing on the pain. You're only you know, hurting your family. And in reality, like I said, the pain doesn't end. You just kind of pass it on. So I think it's better to seek help in whichever way may be. Like for Anna, it was therapy. For, you know, for other people, it's something else. Whatever it is, talking to your best friend, your cousin. You know, for me, when I'm feeling sad, when I'm feeling, you know, like things aren't going my way, I like to exercise. A lot of this quarantine made me realize that, you know, exercising helps me stay distracted. So that's what I, I'll i be doing it in a way it's, you know, it's helped me. Is it going to help somebody else? I hope it does, but everybody's different. So just seek whatever help, whatever helps you, you know, just look for that type of help and just know that we're always here for you guys. All four, all five of us actually, including Ulysses, whoever mm -hmm. wants to talk. You know, we're always here. Yeah, and I, I was also going to uh, say Thank that. you so much for that. Uh, what were you going to say, Anna? Uh, no, I was just going to say that. Um, also, uh, another thing that helped me a lot was to to write, to write down what I was feeling. And, and also listening to podcasts, actually. There are a lot of podcasts out there and YouTube videos that 
yeah, that talk about these these kinds of of, of things and where where you can find motivation, I guess. Uh, well, thank you so much for that, guys. Um, I know uh, I wanted to hit one uh, last thing before we wrap up. As many of us know, the U.S. elections are less than 50 days away. Right now, more than ever, our lives and futures are at stake. We here at Los Rincones want to promote the idea of voting and emphasizing its importance to our viewers here in the U.S. or wherever you may be listening. Find out how to register to vote in your state and see how you can take part in a process that generates before us. Um, let your voice be heard and make the change that you want to see. And I know this has been a little bit more of a serious episode, but I think it's so important we talk about this, especially with like uh, COVID-19, having a uh, quarantine and isolate, feeling so far away from everyone and feeling sad. You know, it's important to be able to express your feelings because it can be dangerous not talking about it. So go express yourself. Talk to someone or be that person someone needs to talk to. Check up on your friends and check out our other episodes too. <laughs> but uh, make sure to check out our social medias too. You can find us on Twitter at, los, at rincones underscore los and Instagram at los underscore rincones underscore podcast. And follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to um, your podcasts. Once again, guys, gracias por sintonizarse a un nuevo episodio. Yo soy Gabriel Adame y nos vemos en la próxima semana aquí de nuestro rincón al tuyo. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.